There are those who testify that they belong to Christ and they do so because they belong to a church. They testify, I belong to Christ because I belong to church. That don't make it work for you just because you belong to a church. If he's not living in you, you don't belong to him. There are others who said, you know, I've been baptized and I belong to Christ, but being baptized don't make you belong to him. He needs to be living on the inside of you. The hymn writer says, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, there is a change. The Holy Spirit come and take up residence on the inside of every believer who will guide our lives and govern our lives. Join us today as we share the message of how our lives should change and should reflect the governance and the control of the Holy Spirit in each of us. Come and go with me as we walk in the light of God's Word. Paul is telling us in relations to God's will, a saved person has but two choices, either to sin, which is to disobey God, or obedience to him. A saved person can willfully disobey God. But it is a person's pattern of living that proves who his master is. It's not what you say. It is not your coming to the altar and say, I want to give my heart to God and my hand to the preacher, and I want to be baptized. That does not save you. It is your pattern of living, how you live, how you walk, how you practice that determines who your master is. There's only two masters. See, if his life, if a person's life is characterized by sin, then sin is his master. You're a slave to sin. That's what Paul says. You're a slave to sin. If your life is characterized by obedience to Christ, by yielding to his will, then God is your master and you're his slave. We don't like that word slave, do we? That means they tell us what to do. They tell us we don't have any, any say-so in our life. We don't like that word. Black folk don't like that word. I don't want to be nobody's slave. Well, Paul said you are whether you want to be or not. So how many of you ever say, Lord, your will be done? A few of you? What do the rest of y'all say? How many say, Lord, your will be done? Guess what a slave say? Your will be done. Lord, anything you want me to do, I'll do it. Guess what a slave say? Anything you want me to do, I'll do it. Y'all don't want to be a slave. Wait till you get to the big house in heaven. You're going to say, Lord, I was glad I was a slave. <laughs> in my father's house are many mansions. I, you know, I'm a house negro. <laughs> I'll tell you that in a minute. See, there's no alternative. There's no neutral ground. It's, it's not a gray area. It's, it's just this or that. Paul is saying either you are a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. All men are either mastered by sin, which is to say they're under the lordship of Satan, or they're mastered by righteousness, which means you, you are under the lordship of Jesus Christ. When we get saved, we said, I gave my life to the Lord. I gave my life to to the Lord so he can do whatever he wants to with my life. That's what it means to be saved. I gave my life to the Lord. My life doesn't belong. Jesus said, you, were, you are no longer your own. You were bought with a price. That's what he said, right? You're not, you don't belong to yourself. You are bought with a price. 
Many people resist the call of the Lord because they're afraid of giving, having to give up their freedom. I don't want to give my life to the Lord. I, I, I want to still run my own life. But actually, you don't even have a freedom to lose. The unsaved person is not free to do good or evil as he chooses. You can't decide you're going to be righteous or unrighteous whenever you decide. You're going to either be bound, enslaved to sin, and the only thing you can do is sin when you're enslaved to it. Your only choice is how much I'm going to sin, when I'm going to do it, and how I'm going to do it. How I'm going to do my thing. People say, it's my thing. If it's your thing, you're probably under the lordship of Satan. His thing and your thing is the same thing. I run my own life. No, you don't run your own life. See, a person cannot have two different and opposing natures at the same time. You can't live in two spiritual worlds at the same time. Jesus said there's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light. There's no gray kingdom. You're either in darkness or you are in light. You're either a slave to sin, which he is by your natural birth. You were born in sin. Or you're a slave to righteousness by your spiritual birth in Christ Jesus. In verse 17, he says, but thanks be to God that though you used to be, now he's talking to believers, though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. And you've been set free. Somebody say free. free. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. And we mentioned last time that when you give your life to Christ, when you come to him and accept him as your Lord, there's two things that happen. God surgically break the tie and the bondage and the chain of sin and control in your life. He breaks that. He cuts that cord where sin can no longer control you. And then he does something else. He imparts his Holy Spirit into you to help guide and guard and govern your life. That's what happens when you get saved. He breaks and then he imparts something into your life. He takes it loose and then he hooks you up with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is your helper to help you in your battle against the sinful nature that still resides in you. I say God disconnects it, but it doesn't take it out. And the Holy Spirit comes in and he helps you. He helps you when you want to be helped. So when you say no to unrighteousness and you say no to ungodliness, that's when the Holy Spirit rises up alongside of you and he'll tell the devil, didn't you hear what he said? He said no. So get on back. The problem is a lot of believers don't say no. They say, uh, the Lord know my heart. <laughs> they say, the Lord will forgive you, won't he? And I said the other evening when I was talking to a group, I'm saying, you know, some people plan to do things with the idea that they're going to ask for forgiveness later. So they got forgiveness in the plan because they know how good God is. But you're just putting in some hours for your wages. We'll talk about what you get paid later. So in other words, the unregenerate, unsaved person is under the continuous, unbroken slavery of sin. And the Lord comes and breaks that. And you can't, when you're unsaved, you can't make yourself right. And you're not, you can't be good enough. You can't be moral enough. You can't be upright enough so that you come out from under the bondage of sin on your own. Psalm chapter 14, verse 2 and 3 says, The Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God, 
All have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Jesus said there is no one good but God. You're not good on your own. You might try to act good for a while, but sin is the air that you breathe. It is your very life when you're a sinner. Doing good is like holding your breath. You can just do good for so long. So a person whose heart has not been changed have not been saved. When you are saved, your heart gets changed. And that righteous living can only come from an obedient heart and a desire to live right. See, when you get saved, you have another desire. You have a desire for the things of God. You have a desire for the word of God. You have a desire to walk upright before God. You have a desire to be obedient to God. And there's no saving faith in God apart from obedience to God. You can't come to Christ and you can't claim to be a Christian by just claiming the name of God and then believing and doing whatever you want to do. It doesn't work that way. I'm a Christian and then live in any kind of way. So there are going to be a lot of Christians that's going to go to hell because they're not saved. When you use Christians just as a label, I'm a Christian. With the number of Christians we have in this country, number of people who say they are, if, now, if Christians were righteous, a whole lot of things going on in our country would change overnight. If the Christians would start living holy, if the Christians, Christians would start living righteous, if the Christians would stop buying all that alcohol, if the Christians would stop smoking that dope, if the Christians would stop buying pornography, if the, if the Christians would start living right, things would change overnight. A lot of folk would go out of business. Those who say they were Christian. You cannot become a Christian by merely saying and doing certain things. But after a genuine salvation experience, something's going to change in your life. You will have a spirit-led desire to know and to obey the word of God. I want to know God. I want to know him. I just met him. You have a new relationship. Our relationship to Christ, you know, I talked about we having a new relationship with sin as a divorcee with sin, and so we don't want to deal with that. When we come to know God, it's just like you coming to meet a new lover. You want to know that person. You want to get to know them. You want to, you want to spend some time with them. You want to know what they think. You want to know what they like. You want to know, hey, what do you like to eat? You see, the woman want to know what you like to eat. She don't even know how to cook, but she's going to get her a little cookbook, try to find out what that was. Call her mama. You know how to make porcupine. Because <laughs> you're trying to get to know that person. And when you get saved, you want to get to know the Lord. You don't come to church just because it's Sunday. You want to know him so much, you'll come to Bible study. You want to know him so much, you'll come to prayer meeting. You want to know him so much, you'll read your Bible on your own during the week. And not only will you read, you'll start meditating on the word. You see, when I got saved, you know, I, I used to listen to all, you know, I was Magic 102 when it first came out. I remember when they first started playing that. Man, that's a new radio station, Magic 102. <laughs> but when I got saved, nobody had to say, you know, you don't have to stop listening to that. There was some other stuff that I wanted to hear even more than I wanted to hear that. Right, I wanted to hear some Christian music. I wanted to hear some, some music that was edifying and building up and strengthening me in the word and in my meditation. So there was something else that replaced that because it became more of a priority for me. And the more you start operating in the things of righteousness, the other stuff just die out. If you want sin to die out, just quit feeding it. 
and you feed the things of God, it begins to grow in your life because you'll have a new appetite. If your appetite is the same, you probably didn't get saved. Because you can't eat the same stuff. You want to come to know him. Then you want to obey him. And when you read the word of God and there's something that's in the word that challenges you, you say, well, you know, I wasn't doing it. I need to start straightening that out in my life because, you know, the, the word of God brought light to a situation in my life. I need to fix that if I'm going to be pleasing to God. That's when you are interested in righteousness. Paul says, you're no longer a slave to sin. You're a slave unto righteousness. Now, I understand that although the inner person of a believer has been transformed into the likeness of Christ, the outer person represented by the flesh is still subject to influences and the activity of sin. You know, we're still a subject to that. But we don't have to be bound by that and ruled by that. Verse 19, Paul says this, I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. You are weak in your flesh. Paul said, in in my flesh dwells no good thing. I'm weak in my flesh. I'm weak in my natural abilities. I understand that. But he said, this is what you do. You know how you used to offer your bodies, the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and ever-increasing wickedness? You know how you used to go to the club and just party and dance and do all the boom shaka laka laka laka? He said, don't offer it to that. Just take your body over to church and worship with it. You know how you used to raise your hand like you just don't care? Bring it over to church and raise it again like you just don't care unto God. He didn't tell you to stop raising your hand. He just said, whatever you were doing with it over here, stop doing it in sin and come over here to God and start offering it to God. That's what gets me about folks. I know y'all used to party. And then you come to church and then you just look at me. How much longer we got to stand here? Turn your music on. I see you out in the parking lot. Boom, boom, boom. Shaking your head before you even get out to the street. Boom, 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 boom. Offer that to God. You offer your body to television four hours a day. Offer some of that time to God. That's what he says, right? He says, just as you used to offer the parts of your bodies, your natural self, your activity, to slavery, to impurity, to ever-increasing wickedness, offer them in slavery to God. Just as you used to talk about folks and slander folks and, and criticize folks, keep on talking, but talk words of edification and encouragement. You know, I'm just an introvert. You used to be on the phone just talking about everybody. Yeah, I won't say nothing about nobody. I mean, I don't want to just be out of line, but you know, I don't want to say nothing. I wasn't planning on bringing this out, but you know, some folks just sneak you all under the radar, just trying to just undermine folk. Well, well, just come on over and just say, hey, I just want to let you know that Lord God loves you, honey, and I'm praying for you, and I just want you to, you can still do the same thing, just change who you are serving. Offer, give it, give it to God. Give it in righteousness. The Lord knows your personality. He knows your characteristic, your temperament, all of those kinds of things. He's not trying to tell you not to be who you are. He's just saying what you used to do, don't offer it to the old master. Offer it to the new master. Before we were saved, we may have had the desire not to sin, but we didn't have the ability to prevent the sin from occurring in our lives. Now we have the option. In fact, we have the command. 
to present our bodies. Paul says later on in this book, he says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, that's King James, by the mercies of God to present your body as a living sacrifice. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Not only your mind, but your body. All that you have. Then Paul tells us in verse 22 that we have been freed from sin. Free from sin does not believe a believer is no longer capable of sinning, but that he's no longer enslaved to sin. And then he becomes to one of the most familiar verses in the Roman road to salvation, verse number 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin. Sin pays wages. Sin pays wages, but the wages of death. Everything he told us to this point was to get us to this understanding. You live a life of sin, you're going to pay. Ain't no need of you trying to fool yourself. In fact, in fact, he says this in 1 Corinthians. This is Paul still doing the writing. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Don't you fool yourself sitting up in church. Don't you fool yourself while you listening to some praise music. Why don't you fool yourself while you saying I'm holy, I'm righteous. I'm, don't you fool yourself just because you got a fish on your bumper sticker. Don't you fool yourself. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers. Well, he's trying to cover everybody, ain't he? <laughs> Will inherit the kingdom of God. Shall I read that again? I'm going to read it one more time. He said, don't you fool yourself. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, or male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Here's the good news he says to them. And that's what some of you were. Were is past tense. You ought not be that now. The reason I'm telling you so that you won't fool yourself. And if you were that, you, you can get past that by your salvation. He said, that's what some of you were, but you were washed. Somebody say washed. washed. Some of this hit some of us. Maybe more than one hit you. But that's not who you are now because you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. That's the good news. You're washed. You're cleansed. You're sanctified. You're justified. That's what I used to be. That's not what I am anymore. That's what God does for us. In the book of Revelations, chapter 21, this is at the end of the book. This is the writers talking about the Lord. And he said to me, it is done. This is the end now. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. That's the believer. But for the cowardly, the unbelieving, 
the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars. He threw the liars in this time. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. If a person wants what he deserves, God will give him his just wages. You know what we deserve? We deserve eternal death because we all have sinned. If a person wants what he does not deserve, eternal life, God offers that to him as a free gift through Jesus Christ. That's what grace is, giving us what we don't deserve, and that's eternal life. If God gave us all what we deserved, we would all spend our time in hell. But thanks be to God and his grace who covers, who washes, who purifies. And when we come to Jesus Christ, it's not just so that we can make it to heaven. It's so that we can be victorious here on earth and we can fulfill his will and purpose. God is looking for someone who was saying, I am changing masters. I'm coming from my master of Satan, who was the master of my life when I was a sinner. And now, Lord, you are master of my life. Paul wrote this so that the people wouldn't be confused and they wouldn't be manipulated and they wouldn't have a bad understanding of grace and righteousness. He said, listen, there's no middle ground. There's no neutral. You are either a slave of sin or you're a slave of righteousness. Jesus Christ is the only way from sin to righteousness. He's the only way from damnation to salvation. He's the only way from eternal death to eternal life. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is a day that you can say, Lord, I'm ready to switch masters. I want to go from eternal death to eternal life. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. There are some that's in this place today who are under the dominion and the domination of sin in your life. Jesus Christ is not your master and Lord. You've been trying to do the best you can with your own strength. You've been trying to live good and right, but you know that every time you try, Paul says, every time I try to do good, sin is always present. Every time I think I'm making progress, I find myself falling right back into the same old thing. Seems like I've got a habit or something that just keep pulling me and drawing me back. I need to change. I want to change. We can't change on our own. The Bible says, can a leopard change his spots? No, we can't do it. But Jesus Christ can change us. If we bring our all to him and say, Lord, I'm giving my life to you. I need change in my life. You may be a visitor. You may be a member. I'm not talking about joining the church. I'm talking about changing masters, divorcing Satan and getting connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have just celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are people who've never heard the good news that Jesus Christ came to give sinful people a new life and an eternal life. I don't know where you are. You may be just passing through the radio programs and I want you to know Jesus Christ came to seek and to save those who were lost. He brought hope to the hopeless and help to the helpless. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, it only takes a moment for you to Turn your life and your heart toward him and ask him to come into your life, 
to be your Lord and to be your Savior. He will do for you what he's done for many of us. He will change our lives and give us a new start. If you would like to listen to today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily, Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message and previous messages that you may have enjoyed, and you can share them with family and friends. I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 16161 Old Humble Road. Come and be our guest, 10 o'clock Sundays at 16161 Old Humble Road. You can join us and enjoy our online service at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. We have the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus where you can get books, Bibles, church supplies, or communion supplies. Call us at the Beacon, 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now, for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.